Welcome back to the drip. We are the podcast where academics of color sit around and discuss great books. Each episode features a free-flowing conversation about one book that leads us to a broader conversation about race, culture, and politics. All the things that keep us gabbing when we're hanging out in coffee shops or in each other's homes or when we are still each in our own homes because, well, even though we're all now living closer to each other, we are still in different cities and states. I'm Monica Chikatur, the host for the show, and I teach in the Educational Studies Department at Carleton College. Todd. My name is Todd Lawrence. I teach in the English Department at the University of St. Thomas. I teach African-American literature and expressive culture, folklore, and um, what else do I teach? I forgot again. (laughs) Cultural studies. Cultural (laughs) studies. I totally uh, messed that up. I mean, I've been pretty smooth for a while, so it's time for me to like have a fallout. (laughs) It's all right. You got it all there. All right. It's all in there. Crystal. My name is Crystal Moten. I am a public historian, museum curator, and writer who focuses on all things African American history in the Midwest. Yay. And it definitely done no shout outs, but if you haven't done Crystal's book yet, what are you doing? Go get it. Continuously <laughs> working. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <All> right. <laughs> so today we're just discussing Charmaine Wilkerson's debut novel, Black Cake. Wilkerson is a Caribbean American journalist, writer, and author who currently lives in Italy. This is her first novel, though she published some short stories before. And even before it was published, apparently the TV rights were purchased by Oprah Winfrey's production company, Harpo Films. And the on-screen adaptation is currently in development as a Hulu series, which uh, presumably is delayed because of the actors and writers' strike that is still going on at the time of this recording to solidarity to all of them. And spoiler alert, before we dig in, just a reminder that when we discuss our books, we will talk about everything. As you may know, we do call ourselves the All Spoilers Collective, so consider this your perpetual, universal, all-encompassing spoiler alert. And really, this book is like all about secrets. So I kind of feel like we're going to talk about probably not even all it's of them. A lot of spoilers. There's so many of them. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of secrets, a lot of spoilers. So consider yourselves warned. So I wanted to start us off by talking about plot because i know crystal you've talked to joked a little bit about how you're the plot police so (laughs) i was curious as to what you thought about this book and yeah i was saying before we started recording that i sort of thought about it as kind of like a very you know definitely plausible but kind of an improbable (laughs) plot because there's like so much that happens so yeah what do you what did you think well you know i i i love a plotful book and so this (laughs) book um yeah, it had a it, it had a lot going on, and for me, that helped to keep me kind of in the book. I um, you know, typically we have a little bit of time to read our books, but I think as soon as we decided on this one, when it came, I just opened it up, and because there was so much going on, I just kept reading. But also because it had so much going on, I felt like if I stopped reading, then I would forget everything, and so I was like, let me just keep reading till the end. So that I can hold it all together, because there's a lot, a lot going on. So I do agree it was a very kind of plotful book. And you know, I think as I was reading, I didn't, I felt that I don't know. I just felt like yeah, these stories is a lot going on, like all of these twists and turns for like every story that we're hearing. But I didn't or reading, but I didn't feel like oh maybe that's impractical. I'm just like you know, people have full lives. People have multiple. Um, you know, experiences, people's families can be 
you know, a jumble of things. And so I just thought, okay, well, that's just, this is what's going on for these particular folks in this book. Um, but I was really appreciating how full the plot was. So, okay. So you're like, when in my book? All right. Yeah. In my book, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would just want to point out that I think we, uh, you just, um, created a new word or invented a new word plotful, which I love because it's like plotful, but full of plot. Right. So, <laughs> Um, so I think we should use that from now on to refer to books like this. Um, I have been our thinking own about genre. Our, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, our own neologisms. Neologisms is that what they? How do you say? I, I think, think that's so. the word. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been thinking about this book a lot. Uh, I really like this book, but I also I think I have some. I feel like it could have been shorter. I think, but I, you know what? Like the thing that I love the most about this book, and this this is all connected to plot and that sort of thing, is like. I like the short bits. I mean, I like that the chapters are normally really short and I love to like get through a book. So like when you get to the end of the chapter and there's that white part of the page, you know, when you get to the end of the chapter, you know, I get excited. I'm like, oh my God, it's the end of another chapter. And this book, like every three pages was the end of another chapter. So I just felt like I was flying through this book when really I was, you know, it's very long and it takes a long time to read, but it felt like it had a, had this feeling of propulsion even though you you know it's a long long book the the flip side of that is like the last maybe quarter of the book there's so many of those just really short chapters that you kind of are like oh my god another one another what else could possibly happen oh okay all right <laughs> was can someone something else happen? oh i guess it can and yeah, you know like yeah. you mentioned before we started recording crystal that every i think almost every loose thread gets tied up Mm-hmm. and like you've forgotten some of the threads right like you get to the end and you forgot like there even was a thread and when you know like it's important to find i think to finally know who killed little man but i kind of was forgot it, about it. well <laughs> i don't know that, like i forgot about it by the time we got to the end of the book i forgot about yeah. it so yeah. that's that's the kind of question i'm i'm asking i think yeah maybe yeah. you should speak to that was it important what because right. it certainly I got I tied up like I don't, yeah, I, I didn't actually love that, right? I'm kind of like, hey, just like, it was just this like weird kind of happy-ish ending that I was kind of like, okay, these are like pretty complicated, right? I feel like there was like, hey, so much thrown at you, right? It's like, Byron was dealing with racism in his workplace and that kind of gets resolved because like he actually wins his like settlement claim and like is able to start as a thing. And I was like, okay, wait, what's happening? And like, you know, there's like- right. Do we need like, that? Do we need you know, that? And his, yeah. like, right, and this like girlfriend's nephew, like- you know, gets pulled over the police, which is like a thing for him. So I kind of did get that. Right. It's also like they right. throw in like he goes to a protest and I'm like, okay. Um, we don't need that. You know, so just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. There's just like a lot in there. And like, okay, do we really need to know who killed Little Man? And I kind of like, I mean, Crystal, you were kind of saying that sometimes we're kind of like left to our own devices to kind of figure out yes. what happened. And in some ways, yes. that was one where I was like, maybe it was like a conspiracy, right? So maybe it was right. the cake and the champagne and the, right? So it's kind of like this idea of like, we're going to wrap things up to me. I didn't need that, but yeah. you know, it's fine. I was going to say, and for, because for Little Man, I mean, it didn't really actually matter how how his demise happened. He just needed to have a demise, right? And so I didn't think we needed that. I think the only resolution that I wanted and appreciated having was what happened to their mom. Like, I really feel like, because her loss was such, I mean, it's, it's the bedrock of, of the book. And so knowing what happened to her felt important. But the other kind of pieces of the plot, I think the the book was juicy enough that we didn't need all of that resolution. Mm-hmm. So. Right. And there's like that whole thing with like the gold queens and it was like the, you know, it's like person who ran away. And I was just like, okay. Like, I don't know. That was, a lot of things that was, that was, like, that was actually my favorite. 
that was actually my favorite chapter like by itself like uh, i love that yes. chapter and i, I think that's book on that but right yeah. and i think there were lots of times when i mean i think that her writing is really beautiful and that you can sort of see that she was a, that she's a short story writer first and that this is her first novel because there's a way in which this is a kind of collection of very short stories yes. that are really, really closely connected. And so, like, yeah, a chapter like that I really, really loved. And I think, you know, to go back to, you know, knowing that that Bunny killed Little Man, I agree with you guys. Like, I don't think we necessarily needed to know that. But I can see why she wants us to know that because it does sort of flesh out something or, or clarify. It, it helps to develop that relationship between Bunny and um and uh, uh what's her name? What was her name? Eleanor Covetina. Co- Co- yeah, Covey. 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 Are we saying are we saying Covey or Covey? Covey. But yeah, like the relationship Maybe. between them because remember Bunny loved her. Like Bunny was in love with right. her. Right. And right. and Covey really, really, really loved Bunny as a friend closely, but they never, you right. know, sort of went to the romantic level. But that connection between them was so tight and you could see how Bunny would have done anything for her. And she did do this thing for her that allowed her to to escape this terrible situation because i think like thinking about what was essentially an arranged marriage but an arranged marriage that everybody knew would have been a disaster horrible terrible like she would have been abused and terribly treated exactly and bunny was the only one who did something to save her from that you know so i think that was important to know that that was her well, maybe I, also I was like, like, "What it... was the whole thing with like the cake and like the lilacs and like?" So I thought, like, well, that was to Pearl throw us off the poison. Ca- to, like... Yeah, that was to throw us off the case, right? To make yeah. us think that Pearl okay. did it. Did it? Yeah, which yeah. worked. Which will yeah, me, right. worked. I right. thought it was Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there were like you, you. It there are two people who really love Kobe when she's a child. It's Pearl and it's Bunny. So it's gonna be one of those two, right? Like that's what we thought, and we just thought it was Pearl because she made the cake and. We don't really know that it was the champagne until later in the right. book, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Well, that gives us a hint of that because somebody somebody else gets arrested for killing Little Man's brother, and that was through a drink. Right? Doesn't that uh, drink? I think that's right. Reason, I yeah. Think. And so, yeah. yeah. And honestly, I've kind of forgotten that Bunny was like in love with Puppy just because, again, like so many things happen. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, right. And I think that was maybe my other thing with the plot is like I wanted less plot and maybe a little bit of like more of people's motivations and people's mm. kind of, like inner uh-huh. lives. Uh-huh. Right. Because I think it was just like thing after thing after thing happens. And I was kind of like, okay, like why? Like what's, you know, what was sort of the reasoning behind some of the decisions that people made? And like some of it was like obvious, right? Like probably running away on the day of the wedding. I'm like, okay, like I get that. I'm like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, but just like some of the other things that just kind of happened. I was like still trying to like figure out like why people did some of the things that they did. And it's, and again, right. Like some things are explained. I mean, I don't know, like Benny's whole story of like the physical abuse that she basically both from like, right. The girls at our college and then one of her uh, boyfriends. Boyfriends. And again, I was kind of like, I want to know more about Benny, right? Like what was mm-hmm. it that kept her from like that kept her going back to like Steve, right? I mean, yes, there's sort of like the general ideas that we have, right. About like people say with their abusers and things like that. Right. I was kind of like, why didn't she, tell somebody like that she you know and also like it seemed like she didn't have any friends it's like what about that like what's kind of like happening along that line where it like it seemed like she was like isolated in ways that i like didn't understand like why necessarily so she had to you're saying she had to do so much with the plot and the multiple lines of the plot that she didn't spend enough time for you developing characters so you'd understand people's motivation for what they were doing yeah why they didn't do something 
right? Yeah. In Benny's case, yeah. Um, but I did think that, right? I mean, so we were talking about, right, how like this whole book is like kind of about secrets, right? All of the kinds mm-hmm. of secrets that we have. And I definitely felt like that was definitely kind of thinking about the different levels and the different generations of like secret keeping, right? And kind of thinking about how maybe that's like partly maybe just shows up, right? And like, maybe it's just like something that is like, uh, like the part where Eleanor is trying to explain what happened with Benny, right? When she like, obviously talks about being bi. Uh, I also thought it was like interesting that they never used the word like gay or queer or bi no. like anywhere, which is, it was just fine. It just it was just like something I noted. It was just like interesting to me. Right. And so there's an explanation of like, why she goes to birth first and not her daughter, but it like kind of makes sense, right? Because it's kind of like he's the person who's like been with her and like he's sort of like her literal like lifeline to like the life that she had. But then also just that, like, I think that also like, I think kind of made sense. It did make sense in trying to kind of understand because I feel like Byron and Betty kind of understand it as this like respectability politics, which it was and wasn't right for the parents. I thought it was just like, yeah, so I don't know. There's just like so many things. And I feel like maybe this just that they were all living these lives of like secrets and like all these different levels. So maybe yeah. that just was happening. Did you all feel enough of a explanation or story around to me what I feel is like the first big secret of the book? Why Covey's mom leaves? Matilda is her name, right? Right. Right. What What did you all think about kind of the unfolding of that, um, we that get part that. of the plot? So she just is gone. At right. the beginning. And then mm-hmm. we get that one, is it just one chapter near the mm-hmm. end, end where we find out what happened to her Yeah, and that she was leaving with the intention of sending for Kobe and having her come with her, but she died, right? Like she We're accidentally told. was killed. And so, I mean, I guess I just assumed that it was because Lynn is a bad husband. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, not the best guy. Right. Um, and he's giving away all their money. And like, if you stay with him, you it's going to be bad, right? Right, uh, which is weird because it turns out financially, whenever they, you know, re, um, when they meet him again, he's he's doing well, he's fine, right? Yeah, right. he's fine financially, which is sort of typical, right? Like of the of this bad guy who you know destroys everybody else's life, and then he turns out fine. It's right. sort of like, what's everybody upset about? You know, <laughs> you know, like that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, think, I, could... I mean, I think he gets it. I don't think he's like totally clueless as to the fact that he ruined people's lives, right? Like, yeah, but he has a he has a weird way of ex- of maybe not expressing it to people. I don't yeah. think he ever says I'm sorry. You know, like I think it's interesting, you know, because the book right. begins with this, you know, this uh, prophet or prologue piece, which is him, right, where he's basically saying, you know, he should have known it would come to this. He should have known the day that Hawkwai wife of his ran away from home should have known. So everything is like, you know, this, it should, he should have, but so he would have done what, like what, I, I guess I wonder like if it's, it's a conditional, if, if he, if he would have known this then, or he should have known what would he have done? Would he have done something different? Because I don't think that he, we could really get much expression from him to suggest that he would have done things differently. Even when he's talking, even when he's thinking about what happened to uh, his daughter there's regret but i don't i don't know i don't get much like specific like man i shouldn't have done that i shouldn't have you know essentially married my daughter off to a dangerous criminal you know that said all this thing so he should have known but what should he have done i don't know yeah and i think you know when i'm thinking about again um like lynn is the reason that matilda leaves i guess yes that's the reason 
that, I mean, that's the reason we're given as to why she leaves. And I guess I was thinking also about Anita, your point about wanting more character development. And because Matilda only shows up, you know, in those moments, we don't get any more sense about like who she is. Right. So she was leaving him and she, you know, she left him, but like, who was she? What were her, what were her dreams and desires and how might that have also shaped Covey, like even known or unknown. And so that's what I was kind of thinking about in terms of the impacts of secrets, right? In terms of the heaviness they can have on a family for what you do know and what you don't know. And so I was just curious about um, about that because I was seeing her disappearance. I was thinking her disappearance as kind of like an unknown, but also treating it as a secret because it actually, we do know that Pearl knows, right? That she's left. And so some people know that she just didn't disappear, but I mean, after she dies, no one knows what happens, but part of her disappearance is a secret. So I was right. just curious which, about Which that. is like repeated in like Cubbies, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, everybody thinks she's dead or disappeared, but obviously Pearl knows and um, Bunny knows. There you right? go. So there yeah. are like people who like know, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think, um, I mean, maybe with like, I was thinking of like when Cubby takes on like Ellie, Eleanor's kind of, yeah, that might be also. I guess that was a place maybe where nobody do- actually does know because it's like, she- and that's like part of the uh-huh. deceit or part of like part of why she's able to pull it off is because like Ellie was like actually an orphan and like right and right have family ties. Uh, but right. there's that moment when she like sees her roommates and her yes. friends, right? And she does have this moment of guilt because she's like, there were people who cared about her, right? So it's not like she was sort of alone in the world and that's what I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but I started by the time when like they all go to visit. Lynn, um, oh, right, and, and so this is on 351. And so he's talking to, I guess he's just talking, but so Lynn says, I like to gamble and I like to drink, that's how I lost my daughter. Byron turns back, lost your daughter, daughter. He's aware that he's raising his voice as he crosses the floor. Did you say you lost your daughter? He's standing over Lynn Cook now. You didn't lose her, you threw her away, you sold her to a criminal. That's not true. It wasn't that simple. Johnny Lynn Cook says, I had no choice. No choice. And then they like, you know, get into a whole thing. So it is interesting. So I guess you're right. Right. I mean, in some ways he's still kind of justifying. Yeah. Well, like, he, the it, choice that he made. It's, it strikes me like he's of, of all of these people who end up being migrants or immigrants who like have who leave to go somewhere else to start a new life or to escape something or whatever it is. He's the one who feels like he can't. And I'm not. 100% sure why he feels like he can't because he did have a choice. He could have taken his daughter and left, you know, and, and gone someplace else, gone to somewhere in, you know, this this uh, unnamed country, which is Jamaica, or he could have gone to the United States or wherever. He could have gone somewhere else. He does else. eventually, right? Like he goes He does Miami. eventually. Yeah, right. So. He does eventually. Yeah. But I mean, so when he says I didn't have a choice, he basically is talking about like um, little man having some sort of economic power over him, um, the threat of violence. And that he just can't leave because he, I think he's afraid. And this is why, you know, he's referred to on multiple um, occasions as a coward. Other people think of him that way. And I, I think I certainly thought of him that way as a coward. Although I do know that it would be really difficult to just pick up your roots and, and everyone you love and take them with you and go someplace else. We've seen that again and again in, in books that we've read. And we see it in this book. It's not easy. It's a really traumatizing thing. And sometimes you leave. And those threads that connect you to to your family members get broken and you never see them again or you never hear them again, you know. 
it reminds me of Etheridge Knight, you know, um, his, uh, in a poem, he, he calls them empty spaces, like empty spaces in a family, right? Where people just disappear. Um, you know, somebody catches a freight or somebody walks out of, out of town and then you don't hear from them again. Um, and they form an empty space. And there's a lot of that in this book. And I guess I was always thinking about were there ways that those spaces, you know, they could have filled those spaces, you know, that they could have tried to reconnect, but they were all afraid, you know, they were either trying to protect themselves or protect other people. But the thing is like when you protect other people by not telling them something, you put a weight on them that you didn't intend. I think that almost always happens. Yeah. I don't think anybody finds out about some secret that was kept from them. And it's like, wow, I'm glad they didn't tell me that. Right. 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 Yeah. And I was thinking, um, I mean, I think it's interesting, right? Because it's like lit. I mean, his, he comes to Jamaica, right? So it's like, he sort of knows like that experience. It's not that he couldn't have imagined that that's a possibility because like his family did that. His family left somewhere for better opportunities and like came Right. So I think it's like interesting that you're right. Cause I, I didn't think about that. I was like, you're right. Like, you could have, like, that wasn't another option, right? Like, he could have left and gone somewhere. Um, and that, but he didn't. But also, you know, you were like, yes, it's hard. But also, I was like, he was putting his daughter into this, like, incredibly difficult and terrible position. So I think it's just like hard to, like, I understand why, you know, when Byron is like so mad and like, I was definitely on his side, right? <laughs> I was like, I get For it. Sure. Right? It's like, yeah. Well, it's a terrible thing to do your own daughter. I mean, but then again, patriarchy, people do all kinds of things with their daughters and the women in their lives that are incredibly horrible and terrible. So, yeah. 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 yeah I guess it, it, in, in the sort of run of history, it isn't that unusual of a thing to have done to have basically sold off your daughter to save yourself or to give yourself financial resources or whatever it might be. Yeah. I think I was kind of thinking about just in the book, right? That it's like always, almost always, maybe not always, almost always women. Who kind of come to them like who who figure out how to like support each other and who like figure out how to like get people out of difficult situations or mm. like, support people's and you know so i'm starting to go through and i was like yeah because you know obviously right even initially when like cubby's mom leaves it's pearl who helps her right and like when cubby has to leave it's like bunny who goes and gives her that stuff but also right it's like that rich woman who helps her who helps out because like she's like you know pearl knows her through that so it's kind of thinking about that and then obviously Ellie, like not that that was like her choice, but it's like okay, like right, she was able to take on Ellie's like identity to like kind of live. And so I was just like, yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? So like most of the book, right, it's like other women who like step up and help, and it's not that you know, it's not that necessarily men are always like the ones causing it, but a lot of the times they are. Um, and so just kind of that was just like interesting to me to like think about kind of the, maybe the flip, right? It's like yes, there's patriarchy, and the reason for why women like look out for each other. It's like, there's like a common thread of like experience around patriarchy that might be different, uh-huh. right? But it's like people are experiencing that. Anita, you, you mentioned before, you know, that the narrative doesn't really mention, you know, um, that bunny is queer or, or queerness at all. And then the, you, it does, I mean, just... it does bring up like Patsy quite a bit. So it's not that it doesn't mention that. But it doesn't use that like... word, right? You, yeah. It's not explicit. I mean, it's just a part of the narrative. Like, I guess what why I bring it up is because I, when you were talking about, and I was thinking about this before, like how much this book is about patriarchy, but it, it doesn't really explicitly sort of say uh, men are the problem here, or you know, men keep causing these problems, or something like that, or even use the word patriarchy or something like that. Like in both of these um, situations where there's a kind of cult, uh, social critique being offered, it's done in a, I guess a in a, a subtle way or is it like in a not explicit enough way for you? I guess is what I'm asking is 
Would you prefer that it had been more explicit in what it was doing? Because there's certainly other parts of the book where it is more explicit with its social critique, right? Around race with Byron and stuff like that. Like maybe even too much, you know, you kind mm-hmm. of feel like, oh, this is a little bit too much or something. But in these heavy other, Right. But in these other areas, it feels a little light, you know? I wonder if. if Which is interesting because I was like, I was thinking about, right, the reason why Eleanor gives up her first child is because it was a child, right? She was raped and she has a child and she's right. pressure into like giving it up. And I feel like that actually, in some ways, like maybe people think that maybe it was like subtle, but I just feel like actually that's like a really important point to me right that it's like right so she a had to deal with this person who violated her body and like violated her and right because of the circumstances of how the child came to being like she felt like she couldn't have control over right this like person who's a part of her and the person who right she would have liked to maybe keep right if like put him in the possible so i just feel like it was this really interesting thing because i feel like i kept thinking about how i thought it was really strange that she told Bert everything, but she didn't tell him that part. But yeah, she like, didn't. Yeah. But I was like, I like, but now that I think about it, I'm like, that kind of makes sense to me, right? That there's like so much shame and so much stigma. And she feels shamed, right? She feels yeah. not mm-hmm. so much that she was raped, but she feels shamed that maybe she didn't fight enough to keep her baby or like fight it out right. to like push back against that. And I was just like, I think, and that's maybe also, you know, and I just feel like that's also patriarchy, right? Like there are these heavy headed things like, you know johnny like marrying his daughter off to like a terrible person but also sometimes those are like things that like yes right it's like the rape part of it but it's like all the people who are involved in having that given that baby away were women right because they were it was like right so just kind of thinking about how that's like actually we're all in some ways right a lot of the times like upholding these patriarchal norms right and the shame and the stigma was reinforced by everybody right Right. Yeah. You think about gender and you think about patriarchy and the ways in which patriarchy shapes um, understandings of, you know, what family means. Right. And so while in this in this particular book, I mean, we have so many, I think, ways to think about how the author is critiquing gender. And so it's it's critiques of patriarchy, critiques of masculinity, critiques of the ways in which, you know, black womanhood makes things or understandings of black womanhood right can um conservative understandings of black womanhood right shapes people's lives but then also the ways in which understandings of the family also come to play here so i think kind of thinking i think a bit more expansively about gender not just being about kind of understanding patriarchy feminine femininity but also like what we think of the family is important here because this is ultimately i mean i think it's a book about breaking out of those traditional norms of what family can mean and the and the status quo around family particularly and we don't get it here but i wonder then and because this is well i mean technically if we know it's jamaica or modeled off of a small country Caribbean country or island. It's uh, Jamaica. Then, it's Jamaica. It's Jamaica. Right? Jamaica yeah. So okay, so I was gonna say like what what how does how is religion or spirituality coming into play here, right? I mean, I want to say the women who who force her to give up her give up marble are there is this is a Christian thing? I'm trying to okay, mm-hmm. right. So, so you know I yeah, think yeah, so. yeah. Right. So thinking about the ways in which all of these understandings of who you can be and what your family can look like, right? Uh, they they frame it to her question. as a as a sacrifice, right? Right. Like they make it like a moral there sacrifice. Like there you, you go. This will yeah. be better for the your daughter yep. and you can't give her yep. what she needs and blah right. blah 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 blah. And it's you know, they blank. never sort of it um 
the option of one thing that she might need is her her biological mother, right? Like, right. Because isn't it that um, I don't have this? I won't be able to find the scene, but she actually nurses the child yes. one time before they take yep. uh, her away, and she feels like this really tremendous connection, connection. to the child, and yep. and um, at at that point, I mean, she's her mother. You know, she's that's the that's that relationship has been sort of solidified. And yet they're saying, no, this other situation is going to be better because of the financial stability and this and, you know, two parents, right. et cetera. Right. You know? She nurses her for six weeks. That's what six I was thinking. Weeks. Yeah, oh, okay. it was a pretty okay. long time. Okay. Yeah. Um, six weeks is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this wow, is that seems almost cruel that she has it for that long. Right. No, and you're exactly right. I mean, since it's a 182. The nuns told her that she can expect her child to have a decent future with a mother like her. But she'd done nothing wrong, she told them. She'd been forced. It didn't matter. What mattered was the kind of future she wanted for her child. What mattered was the work that Eleanor would not be able to find or the kinds of things that she would be compelled to do to survive. The labels that her child would have to live with. What mattered was her child deserved better. And what the sisters meant was her child deserved something better than Eleanor. Her child deserved Uh something that Eleanor was not. And like, and she definitely wanted to keep the baby, right? So I think that's yeah, just, right. I mean, that's so effed up because that. like, yeah. the the they're not saying we could help you to raise your child, right? Like, because that's the that's the real solution is like we could help you with with financial resources, we could help you support you um, with childcare and things like that, right? Like, we could help you that, but the the solution is nope. Take the child away and give right. the child to someone else. Yeah, the the solution is never a structural change, right? Because what I, what I read into this part, what mattered was the work that Eleanor would not be able to find, or the kinds of things that she would be compelled to do to survive. I mean, that's structure, right? Like mm-hmm. address the structural um, changes that need to happen so that Eleanor can find work or that Eleanor can survive. You know survive right but no we're we're just gonna take the, the kid away that's the solution to yeah and i think the other thing that was sort of like maybe i would have liked more exploration of it because it kind of happens and that sort of the book kind of you know ends is like basically needle marbles experience of being adopted and kind of this idea of like she did have a quote-unquote good life right like it's not, like she got a lot of opportunities she had a great education she had like the material benefits of kind of that but she always had this feeling right of like I don't really feel like I'm my parents' daughter, right? And like, right. you know, and even that is like interesting to me, right? To to like what is it right, kind of going back to a point, Crystal, about like what does family mean, right? So if we were like just more open about it, would it have felt different for her, right? Would it have felt more it's like you know, and like she always had that question of like why her mom, her birth mom, right, gave her up. But even that it was kind of like kind of gets resolved, right? It's kind of like, okay, so like the you know, the mom comes in and she's like in her apartments and it's just like okay and i'm just like that's a lot like that's 50 yeah. years of your parents lying to you right right um, and, like and i guess the same that with doesn't like just byron. get solved overnight right. or something right <laughs> and you know the same with like byron and benny but in their case like their mother's dead right so in some ways it's right like there they have to come to a resolution that's like different yeah. maybe than like marvel and her parents and i just like like i wanted more right and like i kind of understood like where the parents were coming from and obviously she does too right and she's like grateful for everything that they've like given her but it was just like a little too tidy for me because i was like that's that's you know especially because i'm like what a thing to like every day not every day but like every you know just feel like this doubt right this nagging doubt and feeling like 
couldn't say anything and you just right. didn't understand like why right. you just didn't look like everybody in your family they were like oh you're like this grandpa way in the past right <laughs> Right. It's like, okay. You yeah. know, there's, and like, and maybe I understood that choice when she was a child. It's like the fact that they never said anything, but they also had this whole like, they were like, we knew this would come up, right? <laughs> like, we knew this I, could happen. You know happen. what? I don't, I, I want to be like, you know, a malcontent right now because like, I don't ever understand that choice. Like, I think that in every case like that, people don't tell a child something. Because it's going to make the adult feel uncomfortable. Right. The adult doesn't have the answers, can't explain the situation. Uh And rather than like be in that struggle or in that uncertainty or in that awkwardness, they just don't say anything. Yeah. And I just think like there's so much in this book that where that could have been revealed to children that would have made this whole thing easier for them to deal with. But adults were not comfortable talking about it. Yeah. And like, yeah. I think if you're an adult, you need to get comfortable talking about whatever it is that's coming down the road. Because when we don't talk about things, when we keep things secrets, I don't, I can't, I'm trying to think of an example where a, keeping a secret for 25 or 30 years or something actually helped anybody. Right. It just, it all it does is delay the problem. It's, it, you know? Yeah. It and, delays and you the can problem. even delay it, delay it through different generations. Like, maybe you die and you think, oh, yeah, took care of that. Like, no, it's coming back in the next generation or the one after that, you know? It's going to rear its head. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking as you were saying, as you were speaking, Ty, like, it delays dealing with the problem, which also delays the healing that could come from the problem's resolution. And so you get this pain that keeps perpetuating, but then it gets to a point where it's like, it's painful, but you don't even know, like... You feel like there's some hurt, but you can't even uncover where the hurt is because it's mm-hmm. just been so not talked about, right? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes like this generalized trauma yeah, that just right. like poisons your whole life or something, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. I, I just, I keep thinking of this story that my mom told me rec- recently. I mean, I guess I must have known it. It's like a sort of- Are you going to tell famous... some family secrets? Yeah, yeah. Well, I won't put any names on it and these, <laughs> these people are no longer alive, so it doesn't really matter that much. But like of my mom's cousin who- was born and his mother had him out of wedlock uh, as a teenager, and they 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 basically gave him to her older sister to raise as her own, okay. and then nobody ever told him until he was uh, he was like applying for I don't know college or something. And he needed a um, social security number which he didn't have, and he went <laughs> and they said, "This is not your mother." Oh my god! You know, like they wasn't gonna tell him. You know, and like how that affected him for the rest of his life, you know, to then have to like then you have to carry it. Like, why wouldn't they have told me? You know, yeah, I guess I, don't I do think understand that's... in like Covey's case because it's also kind of around safety. And I was actually thinking about right, there's like so much research around undocumented young folks and sometimes how they don't necessarily know their family status until actually the same scenario, yeah, right? Yeah, when they go to apply right. for college and they realize like, I don't have a family, you know, so right. security number. But I feel like in that case, I feel like the parents were doing it because, it, A, they didn't want their kids to, like, feel different, perhaps, right? Or, like, B, they're just out of safety and they didn't want people, like, maybe the child disclosing it to people because they were afraid of something that would happen. So I feel like I I kind of had more sympathy for Covey's choice than I did for Mabel's parents' choice, right? Because I feel like in their case, it truly was that yeah. they were, like, afraid of having that uncomfortable conversation. And I feel with Covey, 
because like and maybe that's but, why but who I killed money was like important uh to resolve money. sorry can, let me push back a little, little man was, was like important right no i i hear you and i i agree with that but i also i think i still want to push back even on those cases where it's very clear that it's about trying to protect you know a child from a sort of structural issue or something like that because i think it always it always bears the risk that when it does get revealed that it is you you're not in control of it right? right so um so it can be even more dangerous right so if a child doesn't know that they're not a citizen right and That's then they point. don't yeah. they don't act in a way to protect themselves from other there people knowing that information and then they go and do something that a citizen should be able to do and they can't do it now it gets revealed in a much more difficult and and um vulnerable kind of way yeah so i i mean i understand people's impulse but I'm just saying, let this be, I'm going to let this be my my statement to the world. And I'm not saying like, I don't keep any secrets. Or I don't have any secrets. I guess I have secrets <laughs> just like anybody else. We all but do. Yeah. I just feel like we should um, try to be as honest with each other as possible. And, and when you think that you're protecting someone, think again, because maybe you're not protecting them. Right. And I do think that the consequences are interesting because I kind of feel like I generally believe that, right? I feel, you know, I feel like when I read books, I'm watching a show, I'm always like, why don't you just tell them? <laughs> like, this is, but then again, the show would be over or the book wouldn't laugh, right? Because like, the whole point yeah. of like a lot of the plots that gets driven in a lot of these things is like miscommunication or, right, people not telling or people being honest. But I also feel like, okay, like I want to think about like why I'm not honest with people all the time, right? And sometimes it's because like I have been honest with them and then they freak out and then I'm like, okay, yeah. like I feel like I can't tell them. Right, was and that be honest me? anymore. Was, because... was that me? <laughs> no, I was thinking more of my white colleagues. Uh, but yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I've been known to freak out too. <laughs> no, I feel like you're pretty good, Todd. I feel like okay, you've learned good. to like take, you know, sort of take that in. But I think that is like, you know, and I feel like it's like sometimes it's like either like imagined like reactions from the other right. people, right? Or like actual reactions from the other people, right? And you're kind of like, oh, I can't be honest with them anymore. And in this book, I feel like a lot of it is like imagined reactions, right? Because I yes. feel like they haven't actually had that experience of like being honest. I would also like to make a distinction between um, secrets that belong to us and secrets that belong to other people that we share with other people. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some things that we can keep as secrets because they belong to us. But then there are other things that is not just your secret. You know what I'm saying? So like what I think like what I'm imagining um, you know, the situations of telling s- someone that, you know, it might not be their secret, you know, and they might freak out, um, you know, whatever. But maybe you don't have to share that with them because it's not really going to affect them if they don't know it. But the things that I'm thinking about are the things that if you don't tell someone, it affects them because they don't know it, you know, or it affects your relationship. Because like, I just I keep thinking about going away and not um, sending word, not um, you know, and and I'm like the worst person in the world to talk about this because I did this my whole life. Like, move from one town to another. My mom would be like, "Why don't you, why don't you write back, respond to these letters? These poor children are sending you letters." And I'd be like, "I ain't never going to see them again." That's no, you know, I was, I just, that's the way I sort of came to think about it because we moved so much. But now that I look back, I think I really mourn the fact that I didn't like keep those relationships going, and so that was the most the part of this book that just like hit me the hardest was Kobe going away and like never, you know, sort of talking to her friend again or never, you know, like for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. And then like that when she finally sees 
um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Bunny. 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 Yeah, when she finally sees Bunny, and then she Bunny gives her her card, but then she doesn't call Bunny. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, they were gonna meet, right? And that I know they were gonna Eleanor meet, but get sick. So I, I know, but then she's like, she's basically like, well, I'm gonna die, so no need to like, you <laughs> she's know, gonna write this letter instead yeah. or record. Yeah, instead, this. I'll just. Yeah, I'll just do this instead because I'm going to die and that'll be easier on her. It's like, no, she wanted to see, see you. you. Yeah. Uh, which is so interesting because I was talking your point. Yes, I was talking about more about just being honest and not listening secrets. I was kind of like, would like Byron and like this whole idea of like Eleanor even telling her kids about this whole thing is because she wanted her kids to be able to get together. But that's like mm-hmm. her thing, right? So I'm also right. like, would actually Byron's or Benny's life would have been changed if they didn't know the secret i don't know it's just like interesting to like but, think about well they did get to you know be re- reunited or united with their sister that right. they didn't know like if i had a if i had a sibling out there that i didn't know about that my parents didn't tell me about never told what if me you about, never found out well i guess I, it, I, it would be like i wouldn't know and so it wouldn't bother me but if i found out like when i was 90 that i had a sibling that i never knew that they could have told me about man i'd be hot I'd be hot as hell. <laughs> no, I get all that. And I get like why Byron. I guess I was just thinking about your thing about how it's like your secret versus like secret that impacts like other people's lives. Right. See, I thought of that as. Yeah, I thought of that as a secret that impacted the kids lives, too. But I'm not saying that I agree with how Eleanor went about these things. Like yeah. I, I for the beginning was sort of like, what if he just I mean, maybe not go back to the island, but like. What if you reach out to Pearl or like right. what if you just send word that you're okay or whatever? Right. Are they really gonna come after you over a murder of a guy everybody hates that there's no evidence for? Right. Like, you know, so but of course like she's young and she's not thinking that way. But the the I think some of the secrets that she keeps over time, I mean the fact that she didn't tell her husband that she had another child, I just think like why not tell him? I think it's because it would have he would have he would have said we have to go find her he would have forced her probably to do something that she wasn't ready to do Hmm. or i think it's still the stigma and the shame right of like it's hard to disclose like actually being raped to like even right closest to you right so i just feel like it's a lot happening there that you know men are notorious for responding in a bad way to to something like that Um, so i just feel like i mean and, and and gibbs might not have i just feel like i understand like why she chose not chose to. Well, he would like, he wouldn't part. even like talk to his daughter when she said she was dating a woman. That's so. true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was going to eventually talk to her, but his initial response was. I also thought that was weird. Crappy. You know, where he's like, where they kind of disclosed to like Betty that he was like making those trips. I'm like, that would make me feel better. That would make me feel that worse. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would make. I was like, was, okay, yeah. my dad was trying. Like, was he though? Like. He was doing you know, everything just, except talking to me. Exactly. Right. He's, he's like basically spying on me. Spying. And- <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I, I was like, well, all these things that I was just like, I don't, I don't quite. Yeah. I don't. I think it's the, is it? It's like a trope, you know, of the movies and and story like modern storytelling where you know the estranged parent from the child, and then like when the parent dies, like they open up the wallet and there's a picture of the right. child in it or something. Like, oh, he was really thinking about her every day. It's like. Why didn't you talk to her? You right, know, like, right. That's not, to me, that's not enough. Okay, yeah. you're thinking about it. Okay, you regret your behavior. Like, fix it. Do yeah, something right. about it. I, I was going to say, I've been thinking about this the last 20 minutes in terms of some of the devices that the writer is using in the book and kind of, Todd, your noting about the trope of like the, the parent, exchange parent, like actually 
you know, caring about the kid and doing all of these things, but the kid never knows. And then you realize, oh, they were doing all these things. So maybe, maybe they did care. Like thinking about other tropes that this writer is using within this book and whether or not like the impact of that in terms of, is that like the reliance on these tropes or ways of writing a novel, is that helping the character in the plot or is it just kind of making making this into this jumble of tropes that then has us question all of these moments right about the story because I was also thinking as we were talking you know is she writing this for like an imagined reader and yes she is like she's writing this for a reader right but how is the awareness of writing this for a reader impacting like what the actual stories of these people could be. I've been struggling with that this whole it's time. A good, I think that's a really good question. And I mean, it brings us back to like the formal, the structural issues in the book and, and the, um, anyway, I, I, for, I felt like this book to, to sort of speak to what you're saying, it feels like a book. It feels very much like a first, like first novels often feel when the author is like, when you write a first novel, I've had someone tell me this, so I don't, this is not from experience. I just had someone tell me this, that when you write a first novel, you're not sure that you'll ever get another novel published, like oftentimes. And so sometimes what you do is like, you go, I'm going to do everything I know how to do as a writer in this first novel, because who knows if I'll ever get another chance to do this again. And this kind of feels like that kind of novel. Like it's, it's very, and not, not to say that it's a bad novel. I mean, I really enjoyed reading this book. But it feels, it definitely feels like there's every trick in the book in here. And like, it's really stuffed. It's like a black cake itself, right. you know, like it's got <laughs> all that. the fruit. <laughs> yeah. It's got the, the you a know, lot. the rum and everything, you know, and it's a rich, deep flavor, you know, but like, I can't eat this every day. Right. You know, like, yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Which is yeah. funny because I was like, you know, uh, oh my gosh, I feel like now I'm going to say the name wrong because the author called us out on this, but Papisha, Papisha. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I don't know. I'm not even gonna um, try. Right. I feel like that was kind of like that too, right? There's like so much in there, but I just feel like that's like because it wasn't like plot driven in quite the same way, it uh-huh. didn't feel as kind of like a little bit um, contrived, I guess, right? And I feel like this, like with all the resolutions and all that, felt a little bit contrived. I mean, I still enjoyed it, and I still feel like it was like it brought up a lot of things. And I feel like the one thing that you know, including like the black cake and the whole idea of like this idea of like nothing is pure. Right, this mm-hmm. idea of like where does it come from doesn't matter. You know, it does matter where it comes from, but it's also not about like authenticity in this like particular kind of way, which I like, which is kind of like a theme that comes up in a lot of different ways. Right, and we can also think about right, like what does it mean to be an authentic family? What does it mean to be right? Sort of, I think there's like a lot in there that I really appreciated, but I did feel like you know it's kind of like a lot of plot, and sometimes it didn't need to be a lot of plot because actually I feel like I wanted her to trust the characters a bit more and like give us more of the characters because I feel like I would have been there for that. Right, I would have uh-huh. been there for a little bit more inner monologue or a little bit more. Um, I think a, a lot of these characters are extremely compelling. Yeah. Not every one of them, but a lot of them a are. Lot. And like a character like Bunny to me, which doesn't get much development. I want to know more about Bunny. I, I want to know more about Eleanor. Strangely enough, even though her story is the central um, part of the narrative, I still want to know more about her and. There, yeah, there are just there are a handful of characters that I, I marvel. You you mentioned like I want to know more about her. So yeah, I think when I think about like what makes a good novel, which is a question that is really sort of not answer not an answerable. I'm not sure I can answer it 
but uh, I know when I see it or when I read it, and sometimes it, um, sometimes they're long and sometimes they're not long, but they do these things, which is like they connect me to the characters in ways that I'll never forget, right? And I feel like in some ways, like, I feel like the story is a kind of story that I won't forget, but I don't know if I feel connected to the characters enough in ways that I'll never forget, you know, yeah. like, and I should be, I want to be, you know, but there's right. just so much like if this, I, I almost wish like if this was a novel about two girls who got into uh, long distance ocean swimming, you know, like, <laughs> like that would be dope. Like that would be so cool. You know, like, right. I feel like I didn't get enough of that, you know, with Buddy and her ocean swimming. Um, but it's like, okay, the ocean is a theme and mapping is a theme. And, right. Even um, that, like, is often is this theme. whole thing about, like, how she's, like, wanting to see the ocean, which I'm like, yes, we should. But also, yeah. like, there's, like, paragraphs on that. And I'm like, no, yeah. tell me more about Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It feels a little bit overstuffed. That's yeah. So, yeah. Oprah, if you're listening, we want more character development and the Hulu series is what we're saying. Yeah. You can do this. This is, I think this is one of those books that could make a really great series if they do it the right way. Yeah. And that is to like focus on a few character arcs, you know, like, and, and you can keep the cake and everything. The cake is a great metaphor. Really love it. I want to see a beautiful picture of a beautiful cake in the show and everything, right. but you can't do everything in this book and that show. If you do, I will not, I won't finish it. But, okay. You. Maybe that's a good place to end. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but yeah, so, I guess we, you know, we really appreciated a lot of the book, but also, yes, maybe a little bit more of character and a little less. It's good. People should series. read it. Yes, people agreed. should read it. Yeah, we would recommend it. Like, yeah. but hey, yeah. we're we're a book, a podcast. We gotta be critical. Yes, sure. <laughs> yes, we could take with hopefully love, and hopefully we didn't mess up any of the names too much. All right, <laughs> and if we did, we apologize. We apologize. <laughs> All right, let's do a round of what we're reading, watching, eating, whatever is bringing us joy. Crystal, you want to start us off? Yeah, I can start because I um, lately I've been listening to to music, and so um, I recently listened to one of one of my favorite artists. They go by the name of Molly Music, and I do want to figure out why, but Molly Music, and they're um, kind of a, a Christian-based artist, and so they have a new album out called God Be Praised, and it's, a, it's I love it. So that's what I've been listening to lately on repeat. Cool. Thank you. Todd? Uh, I have been reading the novel Chain Gang All-Stars, which is fabulous. I, I'm not finished. I'm about 100 pages in or so. I had to stop reading this because I had to read the book that we just talked about, which, <laughs> which was which was a pleasant, uh, you know, detour. Um, but I was like totally engrossed in that book and going a hundred miles a minute, so I can't wait to get back to it. It's by uh, Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya, I think, and forgive me if I am mispronouncing that at all. I know it is shortlisted for uh, the American Book Award, I think. Yeah. So it is a, definitely a book. Um, that's on uh, a lot of lists and I sort of was like mm, a book about prisoners fighting on television for their freedom or whatever but it's way more than that like it's it's way more than that and it's it's complex in a so far in a way that's really compelling for me so mm-hmm. well thanks um I shout out it's this k-drama that I recently watched called Mr. Queen and the premise is that there's like a modern day male chef who somehow sort of um, his soul and his consciousness kind of ends up in the body of this like 19th century queen. Um, and it's actually like, I mean, the premise is kind of silly, but it's actually really 
very like good exploration of like gender right because like what is gender is it about the roles that we play is it about like our soul is it about right kind of like what does that even mean and so i thought they did that really well and there's kind of this like interesting theme of like homophobia right because it's like basically he's in a woman's body uh but it's like i'm saying he right like <laughs> even just like it's like hard to like even figure out how to describe that right and obviously it's the queen and so there's a king and there's like all this interesting like development that happens over like the whatever how many of our episodes there are so they're really fun and i feel like they're just like you know i feel like k-drama like hollywood movies uh, bollywood movies sorry always have these like just like side characters are just like super silly and i feel like i kind of find that really familiar and kind of fun and so yeah mr queen on netflix k-drama check it out um okay so our next book we are really be- excited to be reading a minnesota author shannon gibney and her new um and this is from todd who's already read his genre busting memoir the girl i am was and never will be so really looking forward to reading that and discussing it and as always, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, all the places where podcasts were. Thank you for listening, and we're sending out a big virtual hug to y'all. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to another brand new episode of The Drip, recorded remotely from St. Paul, Minneapolis, and Chicago, Illinois. The show is written, produced, and directed by Anita Chikatur, Crystal Moten, and me, Todd Lawrence. We are the All Spoilers Collective. Just a reminder that this episode is being released right around the time that Black Cake will be airing on Hulu. Now, we haven't been super happy with Hulu ad- uh, novel adaptations lately. Kindred and The Other Black Girl were not our favorites. So we'll just have to see how this one turns out. Fingers crossed. On our next show, we'll be discussing Shannon Gibney's speculative memoir, The Girl I Am, Was, and Never Will Be. Definitely looking forward to that conversation. So until then, take care of yourselves and each other.